You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Let's dive into a brand new episode. Before we get started on this episode, here's a not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed here. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 25 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. Steve isn't nor does he offer any legal advice. For any legal advice, you must speak with a lawyer. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon. Just go to Amazon and search for author Steve Worsley. You can also take Steve's courses on Udemy or Skillshare, and you can find out more about those at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Hello, hello. You're listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with myself, Steve Worsley. Uh, today, it's actually Halloween, so happy Halloween to all of, all of you that celebrate it. Uh, today, we are doing episode 179 Today's topic is, does the mold have to be toxic to make people sick? Uh, so that's something, it's quite often actually that I hear it. Um, I get asked that. I see a lot of it, uh, misconceptions on social media. And it's very common for people to say, well, as long as it's not toxic mold, you're fine. And typically when people are referring to toxic mold, they're talking about stachybotrys. I hope all of you know how to spell that. I'm just kidding. But that's what they refer to when they talk about toxic mold or black mold. You know, just to kind of cover that and, you know, little, just a little bit of history, I guess, on that. I know I've told you guys in podcasts and we've talked about, you know, different mold types, what's toxic, what's pathogenic, what's uh, allergenic. Uh, most people just seem to think there's only, you know, two or three what they call toxic molds. Many mold types actually can produce mycotoxins. So I do want to be clear with that. It's something that most people just don't understand. And they, you know, we hear all the time, well, common, you know, mold, mold spores are common or they're normal or they're natural. Well, that's true. But mold infestations are not. You know, once you have a mold infestation, uh, there's obviously been some water damage. You have building materials that's involved. There's a whole slew of things that we could get into the weeds over that we're not going to in this episode. But my point is, is even if it's not a mold infestation, uh, you could have an allergy to a mold type, a common mold type in your home or work or school, wherever you know you're inhaling those spores, that could make you sick. Once again. Th- I want to debunk that myth that, 
you know, non-toxic mold can't make you sick. So just keep that in mind. All mold types uh, have the potential to produce mycotoxins, especially if there are different, which is typical, there's going to be different mold types in mold infestations. So it's like your carpet. If you think about vacuuming your carpet, there's not only just one substance or piece of debris or type of debris it's picking up it's picking up pet hair it's picking up dirt from your shoes um, just all sorts of stuff dust from the home so think of mold infestations the same way it's typically not just one mold type it's several another question i get all the time so you know we're talking about you know what mold types can make you sick which ones can't like i've said the easiest way to look at it and this is what i tell my clients all the time any mold type can make anybody sick. You ask in your home, you know, what mold types are common in a home? And a lot of that depends on your geographic location. That's why when we do air samples, we run an air sample on the outside of the home. That's what we use as our baseline or a control sample so that we can see what mold types are common in that area. But as far as like what mold types are common in homes, you know, we all have similar things in homes like you know, bread, cheeses, uh, some people have house plants, um, you know, oranges, fruit, any any sort of things like that, that that typically would have similar mold spores. But but if I was asked what's the most common one we see, I would say it's penicillium or aspergillus. Those for most mold labs, they actually report those two together because they're tough to distinguish which one's which. Um, but another common one would be something like Cladosporium, um, and those, you know, some people could say you know if you have a lot of aspergillus and penicillium in a mold sample that that indicates water damage it's not always true um, a lot of it depends on what mold types are, are present outside a lot of it has to has to do with the building itself you know is it is it a humid home that's typically humid are there lots of pets in there there's a there's a lot of factors that go into that you know like I said, I, I get asked all the time, what, what would you say is the most common? And those would be the most common mold types. You know, there there's hundreds of different mold types. So you could live, let's just say you live in a humid area in Florida, or you live up where I live and it's nice and dry. You know, we're going to have different mold types in our area compared to those of you that, that live in more humid areas. To kind of answer your question, it, at the end of the day, like when we're running air tests, we don't, if we see something on the exterior of the home that we see on the interior of the home, we typically don't look at it like, well, you know, that's not a common mold. If we're picking it up outside, it's typically you're going to see it inside. Uh, what we really care about, you know, that we look at is in an air test, we want to make sure there's no stachybotrys, which is the toxic mold. But there's going to be, my point is, is inside a home, it's really tough to just say, you know, what's the normal uh, mold types. There's really not a baseline uh, for any of that. So let's kind of move a little bit or pivot a little bit. So, you know, the topic was, does it have to be toxic mold to make you sick? So let's pivot to that part of it. How do you know if mold is making you sick? That one's, you know, it's somewhat difficult. Uh, we have an episode that we're going to talk about, you know, common colds versus mold sickness. And there's a lot of similarities. The symptoms are are the same. There can be tons of symptoms, you know, with mold exposure. Uh, some of the most common headaches, watery eyes, runny nose, 
rash, um, irritability. It could give you memory problems. There's just a there's a lot of things it can do. And of course, you know, when we get to like some more serious things, you could have a lot of uh, GI issues, just like with you know anything else like C diff or SIBO or or things like that. So. So it can cause, you know, in the gut, it changes that gut biome and it can change a lot of things. So my point is with mold exposure is, is I don't typically rule out anything. If I have a client that says, well, you know, I think I have mold exposure because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm irritable and I get headaches all the time. I don't say, well, no, that couldn't happen. Um, there's just, there's too many symptoms that you could attribute to mold exposure um, so that's first and foremost, you know, recognize those symptoms. Um, if you have a cough, let's just say you develop a cough and it started after you moved into a new home or say you started a new job or, or, you know, you're in a new classroom at school. It could be a, a bunch of different things, but anyhow, um, it could be, you know, a headache and irritability and you look at it and you say, Hey, you know, what, what has changed recently? You don't have to be in a new home or in a new classroom. The conditions of that room could have changed. So there could have been a recent flood. Um, maybe in your home, you had a moisture intrusion event where, you know, a rain gutter downspout was uh, defective and the water somehow was getting into your basement and got the walls wet and whatnot. So, when you have those symptoms, the first thing you need to do is obviously write those down. I always say it, you know, my wife's really big on it. I don't remember to say it as much as I should. Um, cause to me, it's just second nature, but document, document, document. As a mold specialist, we, we have, you know, tons of documentation, whether it's pictures, notes, um, lab results, you know, medical lab results, mold lab results. I mean, just tons of stuff, but documentation is going to be your best friend. So make sure that you write these things down. And, you know, I know it's not always easy, but you know, we have, we have apps on our phones. So make sure you're documenting your symptoms. And what you want to look at is you want to pay attention to how long they're lasting. And I don't want to get too much into the, some, the, the similar things we're going to talk about, you know, common colds versus mold sickness. But, you know, you want to just make sure that it's something that you can write down and say, hey, something changed, uh, whether it was a, like I said, a life-changing event such as moving, or it could have been a weather event or moisture intrusion. So write it down. Then what you need to do is obviously you're going to have to wait and, and document for a few days. If you call me or schedule a consult with me or going to your doctor two days after you're not feeling well, there's, it, it's obviously we, we, we deal with that. We do consultations in that manner, but it's really difficult because we haven't had enough time to, to really get a timeline of what's going on. And it's the same way. I'm not saying your doctor can't diagnose you, but it's a lot more difficult if it's only a couple days, you're, you're feeling the symptoms and then you go in and, you know, try, try to get to the bottom of it. So make sure for a while, you know, a common cold, obviously I'm not a doctor, shouldn't last you three weeks. Um, if you have mold sickness and you've been exposed to it, you know, and you haven't changed where you're living for the most part or spending most of your time, then we can say, hey, that's probably mold sickness. And so once we get to that point and we say, hey, this isn't a cold, um, you know, maybe we need to, 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 to change how we're treating it. 
you know, one thing to keep in mind when it comes to, you know, once again, I'm not a doctor, but I'm speaking from experience for myself and other clients. When it comes to the medical side, don't just jump to, oh, you know, I think I have something I need antibiotics. That's that's not good either. Um, lots of things can happen if you if you're taking antibiotics all the time. It'll kill all the good um, bacteria in your gut. Um, it's just it's not healthy. So anyhow, keep that in mind too. You don't just want to you know run to the doctor and say, hey, I need a Z pack. So at that point, when we do know that we can rule out that it's not a cold, it's not COVID, it's not a seasonal flu. Once we get to that point, then the next thing you would do is medical testing. And where you do that, how you do that, there's different ways. There's, you know, there's LabCorp, there's My Micro Lab, there's Sunrise Labs. There's there's a few that I don't I don't know all of them off the top of my head. But there's not a lot. When I say there's not a lot, there's you know probably half a dozen of them, but. What they do and how they do it, some of them are urine tests, some of them is blood work. I don't know what it costs. I don't know if your insurance covers it. I mean, I do have, you know, numbers that my clients have given me, and I just, I don't like to to tell you in a podcast, hey, it's only going to cost you $800. Because on the medical side, uh, as you very well know, you could you could spend a lot of money and you could do it very quickly when you get into testing. And that's the same for you know, the mold specialist side like myself, if we, if we start running a lot of tests, you know, if we're doing air tests and we do one in every room and, you know, we do a couple of tape lifts and maybe we find a piece of sheetrock. So we take a bulk sample when you're sending in 10 samples, that's literally a thousand dollars. So, so you do need to be careful when you, you look at the costs and whatnot. So what you do obviously to, to rule it out is, you would do the medical side. And the medical side is going to tell us what mycotoxins are in your body. And once we have all that stuff, you obviously have to have a consultation and testing done on what I call the blue collar side of things, which is what we do. We can look at your blood work or your your urine uh, results and we can say, hey, you know, these types of mycotoxins can be attributed to penicillium or aspergillus or catomium or whatever, you know, whatever, spores, whatever mold type, clodosporium that we're testing for. So my point is, is how would you know if it's making you sick? First of all, you got to have a journal. Second of all, it's going to probably take you several weeks, but you're going to have to get to the medical side of it because we can't, you know, even if I was a doctor and a mold specialist, I can't just come do a, a visual inspection or a VPA and do air testing and say, yeah, yeah, that's what's making you sick. You have to have the, the medical testing done. You get the medical testing done, then you get those results. And then obviously with the medical results in, in coordination with the, the visual inspection, because remember, we don't do testing. We don't just go into a home and run air tests or tape lifts. We have to do a full inspection. Once we have that inspection, the inspection results, our lab side, and then we have the medical side, that's when we can pin it down and say, hey, is this making me sick. And, and once again, it could be something as simple as a common mold type that we don't see any concerns in our air test. And we say, hey, you know, have you been tested for allergies? And then that's when you can get allergy tested. So that's what you have to do. It's not a, it's not a simple, I know I'm sick because this mold started growing and I've never had this problem. It, I wish it was that simple, but it's not. And that's why mold is so complex. So just keep that in mind. And just remember that common mold types can make you sick. 
And that's my call to action. Just don't assume that you have the common cold. It's this time of year, you know, it pretty much can be any time of year in my opinion, but don't just assume that you don't need to worry about it because it's just the common cold. If that cold's been there for three weeks, you've probably got something else going on. That's my call to action. Uh, if you purchase uh, my books, I have four books available right now on Amazon. You can get them in Audible, paperback, or um, ebook uh, format. So go to amazon.com backslash Steve Worsley, um, and it should pull up all those books. So once again, I want to thank all of you guys for listening. This was episode 179. Does mold have to be toxic to make me sick? Have a wonderful Halloween and have a great day. Thank you for listening to this episode. Make sure you go to our website at cnccontractorservices.com and sign up for the mold investigation checklist. Again, go to cnccontractorservices.com and get your free mold investigation checklist today. You can also on cnccontractorservices.com find out more about Steve's courses and books and consultations. Once again, go to cnccontractorservices.com.